Hello, I'm Kit. I'm Lucy. And today's word is... It's harmful. Harmful? Yeah, harmful. What? I'm going to use a different word list. I Actually, I can tell you something that I found out that relates to the word harmful. Go on. Uh, I have all... So I've always wanted to eat ferns um, <laughs> because I know you can't eat ferns. This is my argument for eating ferns. They're from the dinosaur times. They're older than humans are. Why didn't we evolve to eat ferns? Because they're everywhere and they seem like they'd be delicious. Two, why haven't we bred ferns to be delicious like we did with almonds? Because they used to just be pure cyanide pills, baby. Why didn't we breed them? Because there are a hell of a lot more ferns than there are almond trees. And four, I want to be a dinosaur. I want to eat a fern. That's my <laughs> arguments for eating ferns. So I had a... I, I remembered this urge the other the other day and I looked it up and apparently you can some some people do eat ferns even though <laughs> even though they are toxic to our DNA. Oh. What? <laughs> like you know how you know how other plants like a chili has a chemical in it that that feels like it's burning you and is irritating to the skin. And pineapple has like a protein eating chemical in it that will like tenderize a wound. Like there are loads of different, like the, like cyanide is just a straight out poison. There are loads of different plants and things that we like to eat that are toxic to us. But, but eating ferns, <laughs> like is, is, will cause cancer. It will wow. disrupt the DNA in your stomach and cause cancer. That's mad. If you say something is poisonous, you'd think that it's going to make you ill in some way. Like, it'll make you vomit. But I've never heard of anything that actually changes your DNA. Because it's such a slow burn. <laughs> like, like, the reason why chili, you know... it. Chilies, if you eat a chili, you're supposed to go, ooh, spicy. Oh, I don't want to eat this anymore. And you've learned a lesson. Your monkey brain has been taught. If I eat this chili, it'll burn and then it'll hurt. And then you'll go, then you'll leave it alone and you'll teach your children to leave it alone. So you've learned a lesson from the plant. Obviously, we got around that. We hacked that by finding pain delicious. But, <laughs> but like the fern thing is just a, a terrible coincidence. Like, the fur, there's no cause and reaction to say, oh, this stomach tumor that I've developed after 10 years of eating ferns is related to eating ferns. Yeah, so how, how have we figured out that we shouldn't be eating them? Because there's, uh, <laughs> there's a prominent difference in the stomach cancer rates between cultures that eat ferns and cultures that don't. And the two cultures that commonly eat ferns are Japan and Wales. What are they doing? Why are they eating ferns? Because they exist. Because they're so they're so common. And think about what a baby fern stem looks like. 
how edible yeah. and tasty that looks. Basically, like, it looks like any other kind of fresh plant. Pretty cute as well. Like, yeah. all curled up. I've never thought about eating a fern before, but a, a, a grown-up fern, I'm not really interested, but a baby one that's all curled up, that does look quite tasty. I think... <laughs> Yeah, like in my ideal world, I would be able to eat, just chew on a fern, and that would be fine. But it looks juicy, a baby fern curled yeah. up looks juicy. Yeah, like steam that little baby fern. Like the the re- like on the Wikipedia page for eating ferns, the <laughs> one of the sea like one of the links for like see you know how it's got like related links at the bottom one of those is a recipe for bimimbap is that how you pronounce it oh bimimbap and i can just imagine it. i can imagine how tasty they'd look in a nice little bowl of that well yeah i think they would look nice but now that i know that it was a very quick lesson to learn because I'd never, it never occurred to me to eat one. You introduced the idea and then quickly taught me that it's a bad idea. I think this is it. I think that it is, it's a sometimes food. <laughs> I don't think you're immediately going to get stomach cancer eating one delicious, tasty bowl of steamed ferns. But I do, I do think, I think that like... I think you just don't introduce them as a regular part of your diet. It is like it's like the um, there are there's a lot of food that you should only eat some of because a lot of it can be toxic. Yeah. Uh, I that that's as a doctor, as a trained doctor, this is what I tell you: is uh, eating eating bracken is a sometimes food. <laughs> it's a treat to be enjoyed sometimes like ice cream <laughs> not an everyday food yeah i so that's my harmful facts avoid no wait eat, eat it sometimes <laughs> oh i've got confused over my own messaging i just because it, it this is what annoys <laughs> this is what annoys me about the fern thing it's just think about the yorkshire moors <laughs> think about how much brackens on the Yorkshire moors that we could be eating right now I don't believe that that's the the motivation behind I think that's a convenient reason that you've that you've found oh they're so plentiful what a waste that we're not eating them I think actually you just like the you love the idea of being a dinosaur and munching <laughs> on a load of fern <laughs> And you're using the you're using the the plentiful argument as an excuse to try and indoctrinate people into eating ferns. <laughs> you might be right. Look, I took a I took like a, a Google Maps walk on the Yorkshire Moors the other day and I was just like <laughs> just like savouring it. I was just looking at all that dried out bracken. Did it, just, did it make your mouth water? Yeah, just the thought of me, like, like little foot, tromping around, stripping all that bracken away. 
Were you dribbling onto your keyboard? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. look at all that delicious fern. Oh, it's just going to waste out there. It's lying fallow. <laughs> oh, I can't think of any... I'm not, I'm not getting any thoughts from the word harmful. It's, cause it's hard to think of things that are not, like, very serious, isn't it? Yeah. Harm. <laughs> say harmful. No, I was going to say harm ends in death. Harm can end in death. It can. Um, and that's not really a fun topic, is it? Things what things what end in death. No, although we managed to make the stomach cancer thing pretty jovial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, have you got a fun fact you just want to share? Do you learn anything? Actually, I could tell you. I could tell you something. Yeah, I, got I, think, a, I think you're better at fun facts <laughs> than me. This isn't a fun fact. This is just something I'm doing later. I don't know. <laughs> but this is a... We've said this before. This is a podcast and we can say whatever we like. You're not wrong. I'm gonna... I, I made a mistake. I accidentally got a tiny aubergine. So I'm gonna make baba ganoush later. Oh yes, I love baba ganoush. I've never I've never made it before. I I think I hate aubergines, but I like baba ganoush, so maybe I don't. Yeah, I think the I think a lot of people have problem with aubergines. Um I think it's a textural thing and it's one of those ingredients that's really easy to to get wrong and when it's when it's not right it's not very pleasant yeah i was saying this to my flatmate who likes aubergines that it's like it might be the texture the skin versus the insides is a bit strange because like how bitter and rubbery the skin is but like it's more just that i've never i wouldn't be able to describe to you what the inside of an aubergine tasted like and I, you know, I, I was saying, I was comparing it to courgette because courgette, when it's raw, has got like a really mellow, creamy flavor to it. And I love courgette. It's one of my favorite vegetables, but it's not like a super contender for flavor. No, they're, they're quite watery. So they're, yeah, they're not, they're not flavorsome on their own unless you do the right things to them. Exactly, yeah, because like when you grill or fry them, that like that char just make uh, getting rid of that water, charring it up, it just brings like a real, a real nice punch to it. And you would have thought it would overwhelm a mellow flavor, but it accentuates the flavor. Yeah. And I was like, I've never been able to recreate that with an aubergine. But you're gonna baba ganoush it up. But I'm gonna baba ganoush it up. And the worst case scenario, I'll just end up with a delightful little pot of tahini, paprika, and mush. Sounds good to me. <laughs> mm. That's the that's me just clarifying that I don't just I don't just go away and eat bracken. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna dip is that what um 
Is that what carrier you're going to use for your baraganoush dip, though? <laughs> Some fern leaves. I don't have fern in the house, so I thought I'd use an aloe vera stem instead. Oh. <laughs> don't you, uh, uh, me? I don't know. The I have of... a right to live my life. <laughs> you can eat whatever you like. Can you even eat aloe vera like that? I don't I... know. I was going to say the thought of ju- the thought of simply of like biting into an aloe vera <laughs> is quite nice because again it's like juicy. I think it would. Um, it's got the potential to be like a refreshing flavor kind of like a more sticky version of like eating a watermelon where it's like really really a lot of juice but the thought of dipping that flavor into baba ganoush is not it's not appealing to me that's why i made that's why i made that reaction yeah it's strange i've got like i've got like maybe like i've got a lot of aloe plants because aloe is the easiest thing in the world to grow it's the the problem is stopping it from growing (laughs) um but i've never actually done anything i've never like hacked off a limb and i don't know what you're supposed to do just like spread it over your face yeah just rub it on your skin probably i've never done that no me neither i don't really like the thought of harvesting my my house plants for things i'd feel i'd feel bad about chopping bits off which yeah is, which is stupid really but i don't want to do it it would be, it to me i'm like i don't know enough <laughs> uh, like if i chop i don't know how many if i chop off one like is that gonna hurt it for a couple of years do i have to wait like, i just don't know enough about them i think no i've got no idea <laughs> I don't think anyone does. <laughs> I don't want to eat it, though. I don't know. Can, can you eat it? You can drink it, because I've had those... Uh, uh, at, like, Japanese places, you can get aloe vera drinks. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's just the... Like, the whether they're just, like, the pearls, or whether it's the flavour, too. Maybe you can, you can, like, milk them. Oh no! Oh, see, like we had this. I had, I did a, I did a home blood test the other day, and it also it used the word milk. Like I, I had to. It was a finger prick test, and I had to. If the if the blood stopped running out, I had to milk my finger to get the blood to start up again. And like, <laughs> it's just something horrible about using the phrase to milk something when it, you're not talking about a cow, literally just a cow. Yeah, there is. Why, I wonder why, why is that so, such an off-putting turn of phrase? <laughs> milk, to mil- milk, <laughs> milk your fingers, it sounds silly. <laughs> I didn't need to, thankfully, because it was the trouble keeping the blood to stay in. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, how how uh, how hard did you go in with the finger prick? <laughs> well, I couldn't do it. I'm, I am a coward, so I couldn't do it. I was like, <laughs> f- 
for about half a minute I was holding the because it's one of those things where you just all you have to do is press it against the finger yeah lance it lance it yeah and I tried doing that for about half a minute and then I had to go and get my flatmate and ask them to do it for me because I just (laughs) the thought of doing it was really bad um but yeah I I mean, presumably somewhat hard. I got bruised. I had a little bruise afterwards, but I also bruised quite easy. Aww. <laughs> the delicate flower. I'm a little delicate flower. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad, um, I'm glad that milking your finger isn't something that you have to, that we all have to do. On a regular basis, it doesn't really sound like a lot of fun. It wasn't. But what was... So, like, I uh, I grew up with a friend who is diabetic. So, like, I saw her do finger prick blood tests, like, quite regularly. But Mm. it was just a little bit. Like, it was just a dab, a single dot of blood that that needed to use. And I was really surprised because... It told me the part of the finger you were supposed to do it on to get more than a drop of blood to come out. Um, and I was really surprised because I also I donate blood quite regularly because I'm a Mad Max universal blood donor, blood bag. Uh, <laughs> so I tried to do it quite regularly. Um, although I haven't done it recently and they've been, they've been out for my blood. They call me three times a day. What? Oh, no. That's... Yeah. I'm sorry, and I know that they, I know that they need the blood, but come on, guys, three times a day—it's so intense. That's too much. It's because I'm a. Spe- it's because when you're a universal donor, you get like special blood slots because they always need your blood. Yeah, they they probably they'd probably cancel my appointment at the last minute if you agreed to go in instead. I went in. Uh, I went it during pandemic time, and um, couldn't couldn't donate because my iron was too low, um, which is frustrating. But then also it was so low when they checked it on the on the special machine that they were like, "You can't come back for a whole year." Oh my god! Which was really annoying. That is annoying. I got that when I last donated too. It like sometimes they struggle to find my veins. Yeah. But like last time I went, they didn't it didn't feel like they really tried that hard. And then they then they tried to say that I could never donate blood again. What? And it was just like <laughs> I mean, I feel like what you should actually like I had to like bargain with them. I had to be like, can I go away for like I don't know, a year and just drink a lot of water and <laughs> then come back and we can see if we can do another donation rather than permanently ban me <laughs> from giving blood because one time you couldn't find my veins very well. It's bonkers. Like, I, I, I totally understand that there, obviously, there are reasons for the barriers that are in place but it really does every time you go it really does feel like they're kind of doing a lot of things to try and put people off from going 
And I find it frustrating because I know, like, unless I expressly get told, like, do not ever come back here, I'm going to keep going. But it frustrates me that, understandably, a lot of people, given all the barriers, like, having all those barriers put up, would be like, oh, I'm not going to come back. And, like, (laughs) it annoys me because they they need people's... They're obviously not, but it really feels like they're going out of their way to make it more difficult than it needs to be. Yeah, 100%. I... <laughs> and just, and I think I think it's one of those things where it's like, I think people somewhat forget that it is a big deal for a lot of people, especially for, like, you and me have donated blood a few times now, but... A lot of pe- even people our age have never donated blood before, and going there is pretty is a pretty big deal. Um, and you don't I know when I donate blood, it is usually people who are about like forty to fifty. That's the most common age range, it seems. Yeah, you don't you don't see many other like. I was gonna say young people, but we're not really young anymore. You don't, yeah. You do. It's mainly like middle-aged people that you see. So they should really be doing. I feel like they need to be doing something to recruit younger donors. But you know what? I love feeling special. They do make me. The even though they call me a lot, they do make me feel special, and they do make me feel like my blood is being valued. Well. They don't make me feel special because I don't have special blood. If we both highly encourage you, if you're listening to this podcast, go and make a little blood appointment. Because one, it'll get you out of the house. It's deemed as an essential service. So you're allowed to leave. You get to meet new people um, and make eye contact with people. Uh and I'm sh- if you're in it, if you're like me and you don't live with a significant other, it'll probably be the first bit of physical contact you'll have had in a while. Yeah, you're so, guaranteed to get touched. So, for that reason alone, I'd say go out and make a blood appointment right now. Do it also because it's a good thing to do, but you do get free biscuits at the end. And as many as you like, they won't judge you. And they're good biscuits as well. That's the end of the episode. Yes. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Bye.